Welcome to the Faith Broadcast. Thank you for streaming this message. I believe this message will encourage you, it will inspire you, and it'll help you live the supernatural lifestyle of faith. We want you to live this supernatural lifestyle of faith, not have supernatural moments, but have it as a lifestyle. So we put all of this content out for you to receive so you can grow and live the life that Jesus made available for you. To find more information about our ministry and our resources, you can visit us at FCCGA.com or you can download our Faith Plus app. Our Faith Plus app has thousands of hours of faith building content and it's available in your app store right now. Open your heart. God's going to share something special to you through this message. Go with me today, Proverbs chapter 31, verse 21. I'm going to pick up where I left off two weeks ago, because last Sunday, Pastor Kurt brought it. He did a great job. We're free from offense, amen? And so I'm going to pick up where we talked about fear and panic. As you turn to Proverbs 31. We say when it concerns fear, that fear is like temptation, is not a sin to be tempted, is not a sin to be afraid. But like temptation always presents a choice, fear always presents a choice. When you are afraid, you have a choice. Fear is like anger. To be angry is not a sin. To stay in anger will lead you to sin. Staying in fear will lead you to sin as well. Fear will lead you to make decisions that outlast the sensation of fright. If you are continually making those decisions, fear forms your habits, which form your lifestyle. You may no longer be afraid, but fear has become your operating system, and you're making choices rooted in fear. Then we started talking about panic. What did Moses and Joshua say before they entered the promised land? Don't panic. And then two weeks ago, we looked at what Jesus said about living during the end times, and his advice for those who live in the end times was, don't panic. Say, don't panic. We looked at the word panic, which means sudden uncontrollable fear or anxiety, often causing wild, unthinking behavior. To sud- panic means to suddenly feel so worried or frightened that you cannot think or behave calmly or reasonably. Panic is a sudden overwhelming fear with or without cause that produces hysterical or irrational behavior. We said panic will lead you, weaken you, rob you of joy, rob you of rest, and rob you of wise decision-making. So with that as a backdrop, let's jump into Proverbs 31, verse 21. Now, this portion of Proverbs 31 is what we talk about the virtuous woman or the woman of virtue. Now, what's interesting is this passage actually was not written to women. This was the words of a mother as she taught her prince son what to look for in a wife. So what you're reading in Proverbs 31 is the wisdom of a mother teaching her son what to look for. Now, when you read through Proverbs 31, if you, you know, that is a goal. Proverbs 31 is a goal for women to be. Like Psalms 112 is a goal for men to be. And you might think, man, this woman's doing a lot. If you read it, not just the King James, put it in the New Living Translation and read it. It's like, ooh, girl, you're doing a lot. And the thing is, it says the woman of virtue, or one translation, woman of valor. And I looked at that definition, and she says, she does all things excellently, everything. And like, how did she do that? One of the things we want you to know, it took time. Well, how do you know that? Because you get to the end of Proverbs 31, and it says that her husband and her children rise up and call her blessed. So let's you know she has multiple kids, and they're all old enough to praise her in detail. And he's like, well, how long does it take our kids to get to that point? Well, some of you is like, you have teenagers. are like, Lord, I'm still waiting. <laughs> it takes time. 
But I want you to notice something about her in verse 21. It says, she is not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household is clothed with scarlet or warm clothing. Why isn't the Proverbs 31 woman afraid? Because she is prepared. Her preparation removed her reason for fear. Just quiet in the house of God. Now, YouTube and Facebook, don't y'all be quiet too. Her preparation removed her reason for fear. And sometimes we panic because we're not prepared. Sometimes we panic and are afraid because we're not prepared. For example, the kids are going back to school starting this week, right? You knew that was coming. Now, if this is your first kid, you didn't know what to expect, okay? You may not have known what was coming. But for the rest of us, we knew this was coming before they got out of school. And so it would make sense to prepare for this. Guess what? Christmas is coming. It is. So that's months away. But if you start preparing now, maybe you won't have so much in your credit card bill. Preparation will remove the root of the panic. And how long can you use the excuse, well, no one taught me? There is Google. There is something called a library. You ask AI and ChatGBT, everything else, why don't you ask them something helpful? You must prepare. I know something I heard Bishop say so many times over the decades is preparation is never lost time. Preparation is never lost time. And because the Proverbs 30 woman prepared, she did not fear. She did not panic because the weather changed. No, she lives in a region, the weather's going to change. Winter is coming. Winter is coming. I'm not even quoting the TV show. Winter is coming. We should be prepared for it. Now we know Georgia is going to be hot for the next two and a half months. Yes. But the weather will change eventually. Hopefully. Sometime. In the future. But we're prepared for it. Some of you are already expecting it. You already bought pumpkins. It's July. You're preparing for your decorations, right? So if you know the seasons change, prepare before it changes. If you know the seasons in life change, prepare before they change. Go with me to Proverbs chapter 20. Let's do Proverbs 22 first. Proverbs 22, verse 3. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Proverbs 22, verse 3 says, A prudent person foresees danger and takes precautions. The simpleton goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. 
So the prudent person sees danger and takes precautions. Now, some people like to say they're in faith, but to quote the Reverend Dr. Frederick Casey Price, there is faith and there is foolishness, and there are presumptions. So you see danger ahead, you say, well, I got faith. I'm just gonna keep walking towards the danger. Did the Holy Ghost tell you to walk through the danger? Did he tell you to go straight forward? Then what you doing? I'm glad you got your We Are Faith shirt. By some of you, I just kind of want to write We Are Faith and Wisdom. <laughs> just want to get a marker out sometimes. Because a lot of times we're running at stuff that God didn't tell us to run at. Did he tell you to go down that path? Well, no, he told me to do something else, but I don't want to. Well, he told me to go that way, but that seems to be more work. We tell them to go over there, but I don't want to talk to those people. The wise, the prudent, see danger, and they take precautions. Now, that doesn't mean you live in panic, and it doesn't mean you become a hoarder. What does it mean? You get leading from the Holy Ghost. Go to John 16. We've been talking about for the last several weeks being free from fear. And preparation will help you be free of fear. John 16, verse 13. Notice what Jesus says here. However, when he, the Spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. One of the reasons the Holy Spirit was sent was to tell you things before they happen. Why? So you can prepare. Part of the ministry of comfort of the Holy Ghost is telling you things before they happen. Now here's what happens to some of us faith people, some of us charismatic Pentecostals. We believe in the spontaneous move of the Holy Ghost. Anybody believe in that? I believe in that. We just believe for God, woo, show up, show out, last minute, Jesus. Now, he does do that sometimes. Now, how many of you today heard like a, it was like spontaneous leading of God. God spoke to you already today, right? Now, although it seems spontaneous, there was preparation. Well, how to know that? Let's just talk about our wonderful band. They've been preparing. Our wonderful praise team, they've been preparing. Not just this week, but years. There was preparation for you to receive your spontaneous. So just because it seemed immediate for you doesn't mean somebody else didn't prepare. And the thing is, the Holy Ghost does speak like this. It's one of the reasons why we gather. He wants to say things like this to us, but this is not the only way he likes to talk. He likes to tell you things before they happen. How many know that when we gather in the last few months of the year, getting ready for New Year's, the Lord talks to us about the coming year? But do you know one of the reasons why he does that? Because our faith is set to hear that. You could decide, well, every August 31st, the Holy Ghost is going to tell me about the next year. And he would. Because he said he'll show you things to come. We cannot just limit 
the ministry of the Holy Ghost to the last minute. I'll say it again. We cannot limit the ministry of the Holy Ghost to just the last minute. He has been sent to tell us things to come and to prepare us for things before they happen. We shouldn't always be last-minute Christians. Because when you're always last-minute, you're living off of mercy, not really faith. And I'm glad his mercy is new every morning, but he has a better way for you to live. He wants to show you things to come. He wants to give you a plan so that you can follow the plan. I remember a number of months ago, I was talking with Pastor Kurt and uh, one other person with the, on the leadership team, and we were talking about something that was coming up and something we wanted to do, and I was giving different reasons why I hadn't moved in the area yet. And I started listening to myself. I'm like, that's fear. Well, I go after y'all and I go after myself, so don't just think I just go after y'all. I go after myself too. <laughs> and then I told him, give me a couple days to pray about it, and I'll tell you what we're going to do. And so I spent a couple days, and the Lord told me exactly what to do. And so I called Pastor Kurt. I said, hey, I got that solution to what we were talking about a few days ago. And he says, it's funny that you called me. I was about to call you. I just called the other person in the conversation, and we exchanged ideas, and they're the same idea. There's the plan. So well, did you do it the next day? No. Well, why not? Just because you have the plan doesn't mean you have the timing. A lot of us miss it. We know how to intercede and get a plan. But when it comes to the implementation and the timing, we sometimes miss it. So you have to pray long enough to get the plan, but then you got to take time and say, okay, sir, when? Because a lot of times we want it now. But the Holy Ghost will say, wait. But I don't want to deal with them anymore. Wait. They're getting on my nerves. Wait. But, but, wait. You mean God will be long-suffering with somebody when I'm annoyed? Yes. You mean he want me to bless them for a long time and I've been praying to get out of this situation? Yes. Don't move until he tells you to move. Because you'll miss it. And then you'll blame God. Well, God gave me this plan. I just went out and did it, and it didn't work. This faith stuff doesn't work. No, faith does work. But did you follow the leading of the Holy Ghost? Or did you get ahead of them? Preparation can be supernatural, but it's not always spectacular. Now, there is spectacular leadings. There are dreams and visions and angels and appearances of a Messiah, and those are great. We welcome them. But that's not the everyday way he leads the majority of us. It's by the inward witness. It's by listening to the voice of the Holy Ghost who lives on the inside of us, who leads us and guides us into all truth. And when you learn to quiet yourself down, you'll hear from him. Well, Pastor, how do I quiet myself down? Take some time to pray. Pray in the Spirit. Listen on the inside. Well, Pastor, what I don't hear anything. Go, go throughout your day. Live open. Now, one of the ways I learned to hear from God growing up 
I still remember as a teenager, God would always talk to me when I played video games. He would. So do you know what I started doing as a teenager? I would bring my prayer journal next to my PlayStation. I said, if God's going to talk to me while I play PlayStation, then I might as well write it down. I was play, he'd talk, I'd pause, write down, keep going. What is that? Living open. And what did that train me do? To expect him to talk to me in quote-unquote non-spiritual times. Wherever you hear the most from the Holy Ghost, have something where you could write it down. If that's where he talks to you, then fine. Live open. He wants to lead you. He wants to guide you. He wants to show you things to come. He don't want you to always be caught off guard. Oh, I didn't know this was going to happen. Well, how was I supposed to know? Do you really want me to ask that question? It'd be one thing to, for the world to ask, how are we supposed to know? But you, saint of the Most High God, washed with the blood, going to heaven with a mighty burning fire, got all 66 books of the Bible, and the Holy Ghost inside, outside, flowing through your toes. We're not always supposed to be surprised. We're not always supposed to be caught off guard. The preparation helps you be stable. That's the preparation helps you be stable. Go to Philippians 4. Philippians 4. So verse 15. Since you guys are shouting so much today, I want to give you some more to shout about. <laughs> Philippians 4.15. Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I depart from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. For even in Thessalonica, you sent, again one, you sent aid once and again for my necessities. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. Indeed, I have all and abound. I am full, having received from Epaphroditus the things sent from you, a sweet smell and aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now, Paul writing to the church of Philippi that was started from the jail. When the earthquake happened, a lot of the prisoners got saved, including the chief jailer. And then you also know you had a businesswoman named Lydia in the city who got saved and a few others. And so this is the early church of Philippi. And Paul leaves there, goes to the next area. And so when he's left, they reach out and they give again and again to be a blessing to the ministry of Paul, the apostle. And notice what he's writing back to them. He told them, I received a gift. And here's what God's going to do as a response to your gift. Now, when we see the word acceptable sacrifice, we think, oh, they sacrificed to give. And they may have sacrificed to give. I'm not making light of that. But when you think about the word in an ancient context, it takes on a different meaning. You have to remember, all people at that time were used to offering sacrifices, whether to the one true God or the pantheon of false gods. Everybody on that planet was used to offering sacrifices. They're used to the sacrifice set on fire. They're used to the aroma going up. They're used to watching the smoke go up. There are temples 
everywhere. Everybody is used to this. But what they weren't used to is what Paul said. He said, I received your gift. It was a sacrifice well-pleasing to God. Your gift caused an aroma that rose up to heaven. And notice what Paul said. Here's the response to that aroma. My God shall supply. Notice he didn't just say God's house supply. He said, my God, he made it personal. The way my God meets my needs, he's about to meet your needs. And so what he's writing to, he's writing this promise to givers. Say, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And when you study Ephesians, you realize the riches and glory is a manifestation of the Holy Ghost. Because that word is the abundance of the glory. And so we love this scripture. Some of us qualify for it, some of us don't, but we love this scripture. But the question is, if God promised us givers that he's going to supply all of our needs, and we look at our bank accounts or our budgets and we still got some needs, either Jesus is right, or we may be missing something. Could it be possible we're missing something? Some's like, oh, pastor set us up for something. Some of you look at it, it's like, oh, it's a setup. Yeah, it's a setup. <laughs> Go to Proverbs 21, verse 10. God does supply all of our needs. This is what he does. He's Jehovah Jireh, God who sees and provides. And one of the ways he supplies is through sowing and reaping. This is a promise. He supplies all of our needs. But sometimes we have to be honest. Okay, this is the promise, but I don't see the manifestation. This is the promise, and I'm patient, but I got more month than I do money. Proverbs 21, verse 20. I'm reading New Living Translation. The wise have wealth and luxury, but fools spend whatever they get. Let's read that again. The wise have wealth and luxury, but fools spend whatever they get. So I submit to you this, God has been supplying your needs. You just misspent it. Well, I was stressed and wanted a Happy Meal but you could have paid your electric bill. Maybe it would just behoove us Christians who got the Holy Ghost, who leads us and guides us and tells us things to come, to actually sit with the Holy Ghost over our budget. Okay, well, first you have to have a budget to do that, so that's another situation. Or how about, because some of you have a budget, you just don't follow it. So open up your credit card statements. Open up your bank statements. Open up whatever you do to track your spending or however they track your spending. Before God, I said, God, what do I need to fix? What do I need to cut? Now, pastor, you said God supplies all of our needs and desires, but notice there is an order. Don't spend on your desires if you haven't paid for your needs.
there are certain things you know that can come up. Food. <laughs> you hungry right now. Don't put your family on a fast just because you didn't manage well. You tell your family, we fast and don't blame it on Jesus. It wasn't him. It is summer. I like what Dad Hagen said. He said, I believe in two things, God and air conditioning. So you know the bill's going to go up this summer. You may be wasted, especially got teenagers. Why do they want to wear hoodies all of a sudden? I just don't get it, but that's what they do. That's just like, how, how are y'all outside walking in hoodies? I don't get it, but the Lord use you, bless you, and protect you. <laughs> but you knew it was going to go up. Did you prepare for it? Back to school. Well, I got kids new outfits. Their feet grew. Yeah, their feet grew every year pretty much. Preparing. Because a lot of times, we're always last minute and needing the miracle when God provided the miracle ahead of time. And we just didn't spend it wisely. Because God wants you to have more, but you have to be faithful with little before he gives you with the more. Because if you're not faithful with the little, you will misspend the more. God can make you a millionaire tomorrow. doesn't mean to fix your problems. Because some of you may owe two million tomorrow if he gave you a million today. So what happens is money doesn't mean it solves everything. Sometimes it's a thinking change. Because a lot of times we do, do stuff because we've always done them. And that's fine if that's what you're supposed to do. But what if you're not supposed to do it anymore? So I just submit to some of you. Just look forward. Don't look to the side and they don't know I'm talking to you. Just look forward. If there seems to be a supply issue, go look at your spending. Go look at it. And also add this in for free. Look at the strife in your life. Now, one of the things I sit down with couples a lot, and I've told couples, I said, it's just like this track record for whatever reason. I just noted it, wrote it down, now I say it. And I said, you're coming to me for counseling, stick with me, work through it, because by the time you're done, a financial miracle hits your life. I can tell you why or when, it just happens. And people come back, Pastor, guess what? I'm like, oh, look at Jesus working through you. <laughs> look at your spending and look at the strife. It's not the fact that God doesn't prosper. It's the fact that we don't always spend what he puts in our hands wisely. Mm. Hebrews 11, let's go there. Hebrews 11, verse 7. Hebrews 11, verse 7. Hebrews 11, verse 7. It says, by faith, Noah, being, divine, warned, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. 
God told him it's going to rain. And what did he do? He built an ark. Noah's faith was seen by him building an ark. If God is telling you about things coming, then you need to prepare. Noah's family was saved through his preparation. And God called his preparation faith. You preparing is an act of faith. You not preparing is an act of unbelief. If you truly believe that God was going to do what he told you you were going to do, you prepare to receive it. Right? So, for example, if you expected some large piece of furniture or electronics to be delivered to your home, you prepare a spot for it, right? When they showed up on your doorstep, you would say, oh, I didn't know you were coming. What do you mean? We, you bought it. You bought it. You said, show up at this time, and you were supposed to be here. So, oh, I didn't know you were coming. I thought this was a maybe or possibility or one day. No. If because you believed it was going to show up, you prepared for it. If you really believe that God's going to do what he's promised you as individuals, as families, and as a church, then you prepare for it. It tells us also in Proverbs that there is safety in the multitude of counselors. There's safety in the multitude of counselors or advisors. Do you know what doctors and therapists and financial advisors are? Counselors. Get you some wise counsel. Not just all the voices in your head. Because all you consult is you, yourself, and I, and maybe that's why you're limited. Well, I prayed, Pastor, I prayed. I'm sure you did. But sometimes God gives your answer to someone else. And if you don't do life in a community, you'll miss the answer. You've been praying about an answer for years. And God says, hey, go hang out with the community after church. No, nah, I don't want to do that. I, I want to be by myself. What have you missed out on? Well, what could that person teach me? A lot, apparently. A lot of times we want the spectacular, but we miss the supernatural. And sometimes the supernatural leading the Holy Ghost is in a friendship or a relationship you're supposed to have. But for whatever reason, you decided not to do it. Go to John 14. Because as we talk about, as you prepare, don't rush to make the decision. Make sure you have the timing of the Holy Ghost. And before I make major decisions about a lot of things, I have wise counsel. I ask other people. It's like, I choose not to always be the smartest person in the room. If you're always the smartest person in the room, you've been in the wrong rooms. You need to know somebody who is better than you in different areas. You can't have such a low self-esteem complex that someone else can't shine. You can't. You have to know people who are better than you in different areas who are smarter than you, who are more advanced than you, that you can listen and take wise counsel from. Because if you really believe the future God has for you is big, then you need some more counsel. You need to prepare for it. 
And when you have those conversations with people, don't do all the talking. Take some time to listen. You know, when I have different meetings here about things, I refuse to be the one who does all the talking. I want to hear from the people in the room. Why? Because I believe God speaks to them too. And I believe God gave them brains to use too. I don't surround myself with yes men. I want the future God has for this church. Do you want the future God has for you? Counsel is important. And I want to speak, especially some who are more mature and more seasoned in here. There's so many young people looking for mentors. Make yourself available. Don't be spooky. Don't be deep. <laughs> Just make yourself available. If they ask you a question, answer. And don't act like you always had it together. Some of you just have decades of Jesus working on you. <laughs> and if some of you are honest, you just said yes last year. So don't act like you got it all together. <laughs> Encourage them through the process. Pray them through the process. And don't give up on them just because they did something stupid. Or they did something wild. Yeah, so did you. And God kept you. So just believe for God to keep them and you to be there when they come back and say, whew, I, that was stupid. Yeah, baby, it was. It's okay. Come on, sit down. Let's eat. Let's talk about it. <laughs> Notice what Jesus says about the Holy Ghost here. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I've said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So we don't have to live troubled, agitated, or afraid. We have the peace, but also notice we have the Holy Ghost who teaches us all things. Isaiah forty-eight seventeen says, Thus says the Lord your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord your God who teaches you to profit, who leads you by the way you should go. Doesn't that just sound like we just read in John 14? But as this element, he teaches us how to profit. Now, a lot of us, we've learned how to lose. But I think it's time to learn how to profit. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Let's look at verse 9 and 10 this time. He will teach you how to profit. You just have to listen. He will lead you and guide you even to the best sale. I guess only three people want that. So I said, some of you husbands need to say amen on behalf of your wife. Because you know she's going to spend it. It might even be this much or this much. Fellas, you may need to see just a tad bit more. God will lead you to the best sale so that you don't have to spend more money than you have to. You had to get that item, but he'll show you where to get it from. 
He will show you which way to go. He will teach you how to profit. He'll tell you when to buy stuff and when not to. And if he tells you don't buy it today, don't say, well, Jesus, I need it now. If he said don't buy it today, don't buy it. Let him lead you. Let him guide you. I remember, wow, this has been, what, 10, 11, 12 years ago. We were still living in Texas, and we had a car that I really enjoyed. I had a Mustang. I enjoyed it. And in Texas, the speed limit is even higher. So I really enjoyed it. <laughs> and so it came a point where we had to get rid of that and get a better car. And so we were looking at different cars, but they're all outside of our budget. It was all more than what we wanted to spend. And the only things that we agreed on was too expensive. Because the other ones that we both just didn't like and couldn't get on the same page on. And so we were looking for this car for a while. And so while I was at work, Lady Raquel was going to look at the different cars, different things. And we happened on the day, she had passed this car the day before, but she goes on this day, and we see this black Mercedes sitting there that they had dropped down the price $10,000. The day before, it was 5000 more. But we didn't see it. And the next day, it dropped in more. And so we end up getting this Mercedes we downsized from a Mustang into a Mercedes. And so when I pulled up on the church parking lot in Texas, you know, everybody's looking, it's like, the youth pastor had a Mustang. Now he got a Mercedes. And so I went and told Bishop, I did it dramatically, and told him, and you know, Bishop, when he's really excited, he's not quiet. He's really loud. He's like, come on, show me the car, show me the car. So he's outside busting through the doors. Look at that. I didn't give that boy a raise. He just did what I taught him to. Praise God. Tell the congregation. <laughs> now what happened? We waited. Well, why would you even downsize from a car you wanted? Because it was wise for the budget. We had saving goals we want to hit. And God honored our obedience. Go look at your budget with the Holy Ghost. Stop looking at it with wine. <laughs> Second Corinthians chapter nine. Some of y'all is like, I don't think pastor needs another vacation again. <laughs> Second Corinthians chapter nine, verse nine. As it is written, he has dispersed abroad. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. Notice this is God supplies seed and bread. You need to learn which is which. Bread is for you to eat, for you to enjoy, for you to spend on whatever you want. Seed is for you to sow. You have to make sure that you're continually sowing. Because if you're not continually sowing, you won't continually reap. Well, how do I know which one? Ask the Holy Ghost. Something comes into your hand that's above, this is a bonus or extra or some type of savings. Ooh, I got it. Well, sir, what should I do with it? And I'll tell you what to do. 
There are times I still remember this was another time in Texas. Someone came up and blessed me with something, and I was excited. I was like, Lord, what should I do with it? He says, you know those uh, pair of chucks that you wanted, but you wouldn't spend money on it for yourself? Yeah, he says, go get them. I'm like, well, thank you, sir. And another time, someone blessed me with something, and I said, well, let's see, I have this bill to pay. He says, pay that and give the rest of the mission. Sir, yes, sir. He'll tell you what to do. And it's not deep. He'll lead you and guide you. Just ask him. Acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. Well, what if he doesn't say anything? Then go ahead with your plans, as long as it's legal and according to the word of God. Got to add those things in these days. According to the word of God and legal. He did not bless you to buy weed. Well, it's legal in that state. Does that mean it's legal for you, kingdom citizen? Romans 8.14, let's try to end it here. I'm going to pray for these students, so let's try to end it here. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you do not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you receive the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. The Holy Ghost will bear witness to your spirit, give evidence to your spirit. He'll show you what to do. Sometimes it's a still, small voice. Other times it's that peace. Or other times it's that, mm, something's not right. You feel that scratchy feeling. So what happens if you suddenly feel lack of peace about something? Pause. Well, I don't know what to do yet. Go back and pray. Some of you have had visions and dreams about stuff, and you try to interpret yourself. Don't interpret yourself. Sometimes the vision or dream doesn't need the interpretation. It just means you need to go and pray. It's something to get your attention to take you back to the prayer closet. And the Lord will let you know in the prayer closet, whether it's pizza or whether it's him. But get his direction. A lot of us are trying to live by faith with no word from God. We try to live off of someone else's word. Do you know it's dangerous to live off of someone else's word? God told Israel to cross the Red Sea. And when they went forward, the waters parted. What did he tell the Egyptian army? Let my people go. The Egyptian army tried to operate on Israel's word. What happened? They drowned. So many people, faith people, are drowning because they're not operating on their own word. Operating on someone else's word because they liked it. Ooh, that's popular. Ooh, that's catchy. Ooh, that rhymed. I'm going to do that. What did the Holy Ghost tell you to do? Walk on his word. Because when you walk on his word, you walk on the water. You'll do supernatural things. So what's the last thing the Holy Ghost told you to do? Make sure you do it. Some of you, it's rest. So do it. Don't be disobedient. Don't be hard-headed. But some of you don't like to rest because your value comes from what you do. And you've always been praised by your work ethic. And you feel like if you slow down, then you don't have value. That's going to rob you. If the Holy Ghost is telling you rest, go rest. Take a nap. Let God work. 
If Jesus took naps, you should learn to take a nap. Do whatever he's telling you to do. Because that's the path to success, to victory, to prosperity, to the extreme goodness that he has for you. Thank you for streaming this message. I believe it encouraged you and is going to help you make Jesus famous in your everyday life. We would love to be, stay connected with you. So subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, our YouTube channel, download our Faith Plus app, and visit us at FCCGA.com to learn more about our ministry. If you would like to support our ministry financially, you can also do so by our website at FCCGA.com or by texting FCCGA to 73256. If you would like to submit a prayer request, you can do so at our website as well. We would love to agree with you in faith, and we know you'll receive an answer according to the Word of God. Once again, thank you for streaming this message, and remember, God has a great plan for your life, and something good is going to happen to you today, so expect miracles. God bless.